Fair and Lava and Floor. I'm Amanda. And I'm Anne. And we're here to talk about everybody's favorite obstacle course game show, Floor is Lava. And this week we are joined by the one and only Anthony Carboni. Hello. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. Uh, Anthony is the showrunner and executive producer on Floor is Lava, and he joined us for a season one wrap up in the in the before times well uh no the before <laughs> times means pre-pandemic and that was during the pandemic some, so i guess some not. different times it was it was some another time. other time it's all <laughs> now it's blur. now yeah exactly. and now it's now uh but yeah so uh we brought anthony on to discuss uh everything about season two and three uh that i mean mostly just we wanted to know <laughs> <laughs> and i'm happy to tell you i'm so excited yeah, I mean, in general, uh, I think just to kick us off, I would love to know, like, the big picture of like the game design changes between season one and two, and like, and what the motivations were, or or how much of it was stuff you wanted to do for season one but couldn't, uh, mm-hmm. and and were able to once it got picked up for a second season. Yeah, yeah, uh, good question. Um, you know, there were a lot of changes for uh, when we came back and got picked up from Netflix. Um, mainly, you know, they wanted they wanted it to feel a little bigger. You know, they wanted an end sure. game. And season one, they had said to us, you know, we're like, oh, like they wanted a big volcano end game, and we kind of just ran out of money. <laughs> kind of, I, feel, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like we're a, sh- a day two of shooting, and my uh, EIC was like, yeah, we can't afford the volcano. It's like, ah, damn yeah. it. <laughs> So, um, so when it came to uh, getting more episodes, Netflix had a couple um, things they wanted. They wanted the lava to be thicker, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So, because season one, uh, thicker lava cost a lot more for every like yeah. thickness. It's like an extra dollar, you know, a gallon or whatever or something like oh, that. Wow. And then on top of that, because when you when you create thicker lava, you have to with, with thinner lava. We had some thickness in season one, but with thinner lava, uh, you can actually use a pumping system to pump it in and out. But it can be like a normal pool pump. But with thicker sure. lava, you have to create a whole different infrastructure. So they wanted thicker lava. They wanted it to be. Um, they wanted it, the lighting to be different in terms of how you lit it. So instead of season one, we were on the ground. It was a big tank on the ground. Season mm. and there were lights in the tank that kept breaking. <laughs> season <laughs> season uh, LED lights. Season two, uh, we elevated the tank. So we had to create this huge superstructure system of like ma- imagine a giant tank of plexiglass that had to be yeah. elevated that you could then light from beneath with this thicker sure. lava. That we couldn't wow. drain, which means we had to put everything in in a different way. Like there was all these different things they wanted, and they wanted a volcano endgame. Um, so they gave <laughs> us the resource, yeah, which is like okay. Uh, so they gave us the resources for that, which is quite nice. But it was kind of like as opposed to a season two, it was more like a season one point five. Like season one yeah. is where you're like a pilot, right? You make your mistakes. Well, season two, mm-hmm. you come in, you're like, okay, we changed everything again, and you know, we discovered some things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, we, I mean, 
as a listener of the podcast, I think you know that we've suspected that the lava was much thicker yes. uh, <laughs> the whole time. Um, a lot. I mean, it was pretty perceivably so. How? Yeah. So this year it wasn't lit from underneath then? No, this year was. So this year was on okay. a giant tank that we could light from underneath. Because, but the entire oh, without glass being, was, without right, it without being, without being inside. The yeah, because what was okay. happening in season one is that the LED lights would break when people stepped on them because of the, <laughs> they were so. So we had to dye the lava more season one than we did in season two. Season three, we never dyed it. We, you know, they had, it had a tint to it, but most uh-huh. of that, what you saw, is lighting. Oh, um, interesting. You know, and season one's lava. I, I season one. I always said this. Season one, like, was more like Panda Express orange chicken sauce. Uh, uh-huh. season, season two was like Elmer's glue, and like oh. it's thick, like Elmer's glue. Elmer's glue is surprisingly slippery if you um, when it's wet, right? Mm-hmm. If you just put it on the ground. But here's the thing: same as Elmer's glue, it would um, dry like almost like an epoxy. So if you stood on the tank and on the decking above the tank where we shot it, lava would always be splatting up, splashing up there. And if you stood in the same place too long, like looking at something or talking, the moment you tried to walk, your shoes would stay in place <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and just come off because it would like glue to the ground. Because the moment the stuff dried, it became like glue. So you changed the lava formulation. That has to have had a ton of challenges with just the mechanisms and everything, right? If it was that sticky and it was drying? Well, everything. Because here's the thing. Season one... um, Season one, the way we we placed all the things in the tank is we would drain the tank. And they were were like, basically, imagine, um, you know, we could ratchet everything in. We could screw everything into place because we didn't have to have it you know, be see-through or anything like that. So we had big steel plates down there. You could ratchet it in. You put everything in place. You'd fill it back up. Took took yeah. a lot of time. Mm-hmm. We couldn't we couldn't do that season uh, this season. So on these seasons, let's call it seasons, guys. Uh, <laughs> season two and three, we couldn't do that for these ten episodes because. Um, because it was the see-through tank and it was too thick to drain. So, and there was, and because it had to be see-through, we couldn't have steel plates that you can ratchet into. So the way every, uh, thing would be put into place was we put them into their own bases basically, and then sink them onto the tank. Um, mm. and, and then mm. in theory, and this is in theory, it would stay in place. <laughs> Right? right. I was told <laughs> it would stay in place. Um, we had practiced. They had practiced with a. We had we had done a lot of rehearsal with a dummy tank and stuff like that to see how the things would go in and stuff like that with water. Um, so it stayed in place. Once we filled up the tank with the new uh, substance and they sank the first item in, and someone jumped on it, it basically skittered across. <laughs> The tank. Oh, no. oh God! <laughs> yeah. Oh which, God! Which is the only time I was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" <laughs> like, <this laughs> and I watched the whole group of like technicians be like, "Oh dear God!" And um, and then we were just like, "Oh no!" Like this is moving. I was like, "You never practiced with this stuff?" Like, no. Nope. <laughs> it's like we practiced the water. So what we had to do, they discovered a solution, which was basically granny mats. You know those mats you put in like a bathtub, so like an old person doesn't fall down. Yeah. yeah. Right. We would stick those to the base of the tank, and then you would sink that into the tank, and then they would stay in place. Thank oh. God. 
Yeah, but yes, <laughs> yeah, it was it was the only day where I kind of was like on set and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go home early because I'm stressed and I can't solve this. <laughs> so, right. But, uh, but so yeah, no, wild. yeah, there was problems like that. There was also the substance. It just was a much more difficult substance to deal with. It, it, once it dried, it would peel off paint easier, you know, on mm. the, you know, things. That, so we had to repaint stuff yeah. all the time, um, those type of things. Uh, I'm curious how much... Uh how much lead time did you have like doing trial and error on the set before having actual uh, contestants running for, for episodes? Well, um, and again, this was a nice thing to have from season one. Season one was so quick. We started production at the end of like in January and we were shooting by like end of March, you know, we were loading. It It was just so quick with something you had no idea how it worked. This season, they gave us a lot more resources to rehearse and stuff like that. We would create these rooms. We would set them up in a warehouse over mats and over like uh, crash pads and stuff. And then we would run contestants through them. I would run it sometimes because I will run that. I won't run it over lava. But like, <laughs> but, and so once we got the thing dialed in and we might do a couple days of rehearsal um, of just being like, hey, move this in. Hey, let's change this item. Let's do whatever. And then we'd rehearse it with a bunch of people kind of fix everything that we had a problem with. And then when we dropped, so that way we already had rehearsed what the rooms were. And so then once we dropped them into the tank, we would have rehearsal. Maybe in the morning, we might be able to run some people through it. The first room we did, I think we could do a day beforehand just to get camera people dialed and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But we had a lot more trial and error without the substance which is a much easier you know proposition because you can move things easily no one's messy you're just falling onto a crash pad so so what kind of technical complexities did now adding a volcano add because i have to imagine that they were volcano sized yeah well the volcano was fascinating because it was basically while we were building you know the volcano uh, you know, we were doing all the other rooms, we were shooting on the tank and, you know, and it was just like, how do we, where do we put the volcano? How tall is a volcano? Like you need a, you know, mm-hmm. you need a big stage season. Again, this is another thing we had to change with season one. And this, these 10 episodes is that season one, we, um, were at that old Ikea. This, we actually used a real studio that had a giant, you know, just a lot of height. Um, so, you know, so it's much easier for us to shoot and do all, you know, at a better height for the lighting grid and all that. But, um, they built a volcano and like, you know, again, it's all the time. These things are kind of, you're just committing to a certain point where they're like, Hey, here's a little piece of what the volcano would look like. And we're like, yeah, that works. Let's build a whole thing. And like these guys, (laughs) you know, it was ATS season two. We changed who did our challenges. It's company ATS who does like Ninja Warrior and stuff. And these guys. Yeah, and actually a production company changed too. We uh, did it with A. Smith. Um, so there's a lot of changes. And these guys, you know, they built this volcano. We constantly would go into their warehouse and be like, here's here's this part of it. Does this work? And my challenge guys would be like, throw slime on it and try to climb it and just, you know, build it. And then it was like, we needed to build that channel in the middle for lava yeah. to circulate. Yeah. And we were like, oh, what if they slid down it? You know, and we were just like different things like that, that putting it together and then figuring out where it went, which eventually we just, you know, basically what happened is after we shot the way, the way we shot this was um, all the contestants came back for the volcano, the winning teams, because mm-hmm. we needed, we okay. needed to basically um, retake that tank and then take everything out of it and then build a volcano on it for like six, seven oh. days, and then shoot it. Oftentimes that happens in a lot of shows, like this type of show, is where, you know, it seems like it's one, all one sets. day. Like, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. you're just like, you need you know, to amortize cost. Otherwise, we'd need to like build a whole other tank just to shoot it. It doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. So. Well, then out of curiosity, uh, how deep is the new tank that you're shooting in, if you're able to tell us? Same, same depth as last season, which is like, you know, enough for, I don't know exactly what it was, five or something like that um oh, but okay. enough yeah so you, you could stand in it right no one's going to be mm. un, under it but like it's enough to like you know you can go completely under got it so yeah. our uh our suspicions that um <laughs> that maybe some people were having to crouch for the last yes. little bit of going under was yes. right okay great yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and like, I can't they, wait again, to tell Justin. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't go under right, I make them do, I yell on the intercom and make them do it again. I'm like, now you're going yeah. under. And they're like, Whoa. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That is that is an extremely funny mental image of somebody being you know really quite tall and having to just really scrunch down to get under. And it's there. hard. It's thick and it's gross and yeah. it's like all over you. You can't open your eyes. You're blind. Like you're basically at that point. I have to have someone come in and like you know it's just it's just a whole mess of problems. So, but it's yeah. like nope. You got to go until you go under. <laughs> like you're not moving, and then eventually they get it. Wow. <laughs> Gosh, that's so wild. So uh, another thing that that changed um, to these two seasons from the first one that we've had a lot of debate about, like the depth of the pool, <laughs> is the <laughs> the balcony and whether mm. or not it is actually a balcony over the room or if you can you can tell us without, you know, going behind the magic curtain too much. <laughs> Uh, you, you, I'm going to keep some secrets for you. Uh, the, the, balcony, <laughs> the balcony was a great addition in that, you know, season one, the, the biggest issue with season one was like, you know, at a certain point, you're just, I love Rutledge Wood. He's a very talented uh, yeah. person. But, but mm -hmm. you know, you want other voices in there at certain points. And we have these yeah. great contestants. So we just wanted the means to have them um, – to have them be in the show more, you know? So yeah. we had this thing where they could come and watch the show and watch it unfold, um, you know, and, and see it for the first time as if, you know, like they see it and they're just watching it unfold and reacting. Um, exactly yeah. how we shot that. Meh, you guys can think about it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we have our Keep theories. And, well, so, I mean, now, now we can, we can, if we disagree on it, we can both be right because we won't exactly. have the correct answer. Well, I mean, like, I do you know, love I like, that. Like everything, you have to think about production stuff, right? Like, did we build a mm -hmm. giant balcony over a room in a studio of a loud, noisy tank? Probably not. <laughs> but, <laughs> Interesting. But who, That's a fair point. but who knows? You know, who knows? Who knows what we can? No up one with? can say. <laughs> no one can say. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. A, a kind of on that note, uh, as uh, a listener of our podcast, uh, what if if you have one what do you what was your favorite out there wild theory that we had about the show especially if it was um completely wrong oh <laughs> there were there were so many wrong theories i can't remember there was one theory i, I can't even remember <laughs> where i was listening i was like i gotta write this down because it's so outlandishly uh crazy but i can't actually quite remember there is i did think it's funny that you guys thought um listening to your podcast you know there's a lot of discussion about netflix synergy right the idea mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. utilizing that like netflix required none of that that was actually more on our side uh when we did the kids room for example um mm -hmm. you know my my challenge team was like oh and there'll be a, you know the lights will go out and a monster will pop out of the bed 
And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, and in the room, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be cute is if it was like a demigorgon or something from a Netflix, you know, project. Yeah. And, you know, and then I threw it to Netflix and Netflix was like, yeah, talk to the producers of Stranger Things. Easiest IP I've ever gotten in my life because usually, you know, it's like <laughs> lawyers and paper trail yeah. and whatever. This was yeah. literally – this was literally, I wrote to the Stranger Things producers, told them, to, sent them the room, told them the why, and they said, sure. And then I was like, do we need any paperwork on this? And everyone said, nope. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> oh, man, not. that's great. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> that's so beautiful. <laughs> but it was funny because like, once the episode was close to airing, the legal team of A. Smith was like, do we have clearance on this thing? And I'm like, here's an email. <laughs> they said that we here's don't need it. in writing, technically, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then like, you know, and then when we were doing the attic, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be great. This has old that's useless. What about all those Netflix envelopes? Right. Mm -hmm. And so and so I contacted Netflix and they're like, here, here's the guy. Here's the person that deals with that stuff. I'm I'm telling you, I think that guy sits next to like a dusty phone in like a basement because he was so excited. To like He's do like, really? some. This is my life's work. <laughs> they sent us a giant box full of those red envelopes. I assumed they were all just going to be empty red envelopes. Oh no, they were like full of DVDs. Like you season got DVDs? two, season two of Sopranos, Star Wars, like whatever, <laughs> showing you how like just valueless it is to Netflix. Like literally they're like, here you go. Keep it. Like it's in storage somewhere, but it was like all full of real DVDs, like movies like galore. Anthony, that's so cool. That's yeah. incredible. Now I, now I don't feel bad about um, that season one, dark angel DVD that I still have somewhere in my yeah. house that I finally yeah, paid I off. I never found it. It's going to turn up like 10 years from now in that envelope. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, seriously, that person, whoever ran that was so excited to be like, here you go. <laughs> like, oh my people, God, I love People it. want my envelopes. So there you go. But yeah, so like all that stuff, even when it was like casting people who did chess and using the Queen's Gambit and stuff like that, that was all like spearheaded by us. Netflix never said, hey, you know, I just was like, hey, I will throw some like Easter eggs here and there. That would be fun for viewers. That's even cooler, That makes though. it so much. Yeah, that makes it so yeah. much more fun, I think. Because I, I, I think we just sort of, you know, in a in a kind of um, a very corporatized world, I think we just sort of assumed that maybe there was <laughs> yeah. some mandate from on high. And I think if it was if it was just oh, this would be funny, then that that's that's so much better. That's um, that's literally ninety nine percent of what we do. <laughs> We're like this would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of teams and uh, like the the chess team, um, we were curious about like sort of the matchmaking system in a given episode because it felt like the teams were really well matched with each other mm-hmm. in these two seasons. Like it, the, the competition felt very lively and like reasonably anybody could win as opposed to there being one team where we're kind of like, well, I kind of feel like they're going to trounce yeah. them. You know, obviously there, there are all these variables and you never really know that that's what's going to happen. But mm-hmm. um, can you talk about, about that at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically the way we cast, you know, we have we, we was really fun casting these seasons because you know we just had so much more engagement, uh, mm-hmm. so many more people applying um, from all over, and you know we don't uh, we shoot this in Los Angeles and we don't pay for um, flights and stuff like that, you know, like just right. to keep casting costs down. LA is a very good pool that you can be like you could cast pretty broad, but there were contestants mm-hmm. willing to fly in for this thing. 
Uh, so there were oh, some yeah. contestants. I, who, I yeah, know of who, a couple, you know. Yeah, I know of a yeah. couple that would probably do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They were like, they were like, yeah, shoot, I'll, I'll, we'll fly in, we'll put ourselves up, we'll shoot it, you know, whatever it is. Um, but so basically, once we get all our contestants kind of set, we try to stack it as like you know, with the athleticism in mind. You know, we've watched these people, we get a gauge on their athleticism, and then we try to group it that way as best as possible. So knowing that we'd have. <clears throat> For example, those um, AEW guys on an episode, right, yeah. uh, who were great, um, you know, we we're like, oh, we better make sure these guys are up against – the people that go up against it need to be, you know, need to be athletes because these guys, you know, right. those guys are amazing. Um, and they're not going to put them up against, say, you know, those – some of my favorite contestants were like the Foxy sisters, which are those little sisters who were like barely breaking like, you know, five – tall some of them and um you know you try as your best to make it as equitable of a competition as possible it's really hard height differential is a real thing that we struggle with because we try to lower and raise things as best as possible trying to make it as equal as possible for all teams but you know it's a fuzzy science it's not like it's precise um but we try our best yeah i mean i think you did a great job of it this couple of seasons like you know even when there were some more athletic people versus not um you were able to you were able to make it work um and i mean to some extent there were a lot of instances of huh really thought those athletic people would uh really do thought better. those athletic people would do better uh but <laughs> yeah. but i guess uh i guess not uh so that's fine yeah i mean that it's the thing is it's so it's it these rooms are really hard and they're noisy and they're you know it's just it's they're and once you look at it and you're inside it it's pretty breathtaking how large it is and then everything's covered in this patina of lava which is you know fairly slippery so it's very difficult some of the elements in the room no matter how athletic you are right so out of curiosity, did the um, the new form- formulation of the lava, we had some suspicions that maybe it was even slipperier than than it was in season one. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, I, I think it was. I mean, I don't know exactly, you know, mm-hmm. if I had to put the two things next to each other. But I do think because it coats so uh, much more uh, yeah. because it's so thick and gloppy that you just had more of it. And so, um, yeah, I think I think it definitely made things a little slipperier and and just more difficult in general. Like it's just it's surprisingly thick. Like if you guys if you guys could see how thick this is, <laughs> like it was it was pretty great. I mean, open a bottle of Elmer's glue. It's basically what it was. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Now put I mean, eighty thousand. Like yeah. 80,000 gallons of it, yeah, is a a hard picture to imagine. I mean, I do feel like maybe that kind of leveled the playing fields a little bit more, too, of, you know, the the advantages that you thought you might have that that things could become more unpredictable, even even than they were before. And also consider, like, athletes are, you know, especially athletic people, they're pretty confident in their movements in many ways, right? Right. So I I think, you know, they might throw themselves out onto something a little harder and not realizing that that's going to, you know, I mean, like you have a mm-hmm. lot of body weight and then it just makes you slip like that episode yeah. with the influencers and the, the guys yep. from, uh, from, uh, the dating show. Like, yeah, it was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Cause those guys were so cocky and they got their asses <laughs> handed to them by like three, three little live guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, who yeah. were just more careful and didn't throw mm-hmm. themselves, you know, willy nilly onto stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So uh, we did get 
a handful of questions from some uh, kid listeners. No. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, as we discuss all the complications of this new formulation of lava, uh, our uh, six-year-old listener, Elliot, asked uh, if you considered using real lava at all at any point <laughs> funnily enough no <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was actually a great i think i don't know if it's on youtube or where it was released but this year we did a um what would happen if your floor really was lava it was like an explainer type thing that it was like scientist like a scientist was interviewed and stuff <laughs> where it was like what oh would gosh. happen if your floor i can't remember where it was but they made me, they sent me the video and they were like hey we're gonna do this you know i have any notes and stuff and and i gave them some footage for it but the idea was like what would happen if your floor is lava which is very bad, very, very bad. Like, <laughs> you don't, I, I don't think you don't go under the lava. I think you just light on fire and scream until you yeah, pass so out. So good though. <laughs> I, I would like to see this video very badly if, uh, if we find it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll uh, see if I can find a link. Goes up. Yeah, if I can find uh, a link, I'll we'll send share it, it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm definitely Elliot is a, a a kid of one of my friends. I'm going to send him that link. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we on on a similar note, we have a question from um, seven year old Miles, who is one of my coworkers' kids. He wants to know how many skeletons are at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> it's funny. I really want. So I, I really did want skeletons, like as much as yeah. As, like, well, I just thought it would be funny, like if we could just release a skeleton after they fell in the lava. Like you just like you know, like we just had like something we pulled, and then a skeleton would like. <laughs> right. Like, I think I think they did it in an episode of. Rick and Morty subsequently where they fell into like a vat of fake acid and like released a skeleton. But like, I w- totally want to do it. And Netflix totally kiboshed it. They were like, that's too much. <laughs> like, come on, a yeah. skeleton. It would be amazing. Like how amazed would it be if like a skeleton came up? But perhaps they were correct. That I mean, we traumatize little kids enough as it is. That like a skeleton yeah. would be like, yeah, maybe that's not the best. Apparently well, there was at least one seven year old who was invested in there being skeletons. So right. <laughs> maybe it would have worked out. See, I can see some kids being pretty down for that exactly it's a logical uh, thought they go under you never see them come up like what happened to them they became skeletons yeah certainly <laughs> obviously yep and then uh the other kid question we had was from nine-year-old calvin and it was uh will there be a version that kids can compete in and i mean i didn't even know if you had an age limit for sure on this or not well, we definitely do on this, which is, you know, because uh, kids will go under the <laughs> under fair, the That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, there has been a discussion of like, is it possible to do a kid's version of this? The problem with all kid shows um, uh, is that um, Floors Lava or if you did like, say, Wipeout or any of those shows, um, they're expensive and um, and adults mm-hmm. don't tend to watch kids shows. Right. Uh, sure. Kids will watch adults doing silly things and adults will watch them with their kids. But if it's only kids doing the show, it's, it's, it, then it's geared towards children and the price point has to be a lot lower, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I would love to do a kid's version. I'd love to like shoot an adult version and then try to figure out how we jury rig the room you know, to be easier for a kid or something like that. Um, but, uh, but right now we haven't done that yet because of that, because Netflix, it's, it's very popular with children. Netflix knows this. It's, on, it's huge on their child, uh, their, their kid side, oh, but, sure. um, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's all, uh, it's all a cost thing, right? If you look at some of the kids shows they do with kids in it, you'll always notice they don't look that expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I would love to, that would be so much fun. Yeah. 
No, that would be great. I mean, even if it was just like one special episode or something like that. Exactly. Kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like yeah. Kids and the parents or something like that. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. You'd fun. have to institute the rule of no tossing, though. No throwing yes, your child. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Justin McElroy did try to get around that rule, so you might have to anticipate that airbud move. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. We haven't really talked about um, – we've talked a little bit, bit about the volcano and about, you know, kind of trying to – up the game, I guess, for for these two seasons. Um, but we haven't really talked about some of the the sort of me- game mechanics changes of adding mm, the yeah. exit passes. And I'm I'm really curious. I I work at a game company, yeah. so I'm especially curious about like those kinds of design elements. And I'm I'm curious about the the sort of thought process there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we're constantly trying to, you know, utilize game theory in our brains to figure out Mm -hmm. how someone is going to do something. And the biggest issue with the show is Netflix, you know, my exec at Netflix is always like, I'd rather it just be like, people start here, they have to get across the room, they have to exit, and there's no other complications whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is really difficult because... People are going to take the easiest path. People are going to follow each other. They're all going to clump together. There's just it's just not going to be very fun to watch in some way, yeah, shape, right. or form. And so you know we so we kind of came up with the idea because season one we kind of had some of those issues and there were just different reasons. You know, people would stand in one place and they, it was just they wouldn't move in a way you kind of want them to utilize the whole room. So how do you get someone to utilize a whole room? Um, when they don't have to, right. When, when it's just yeah. not like, I was like, I'm not going to jump on that record player. That'd be crazy. <laughs> like, right. I'm not going to go. So, so, um, we kind of, you know, we tried different things. It was like, will there be bonus things? Like maybe there's gems hidden places that they can grab and, you know, you can risk for, you know, extra time or whatever to get you to the volcano. Um, but ultimately we landed on the exit pass. We thought it was a kind of, Nice, elegant way of being like, look, you know, all you need to do, you just have to get out of the room, but you just need to grab one of those and you can only grab one and to get out. And they're in different Mm -hmm. places in the room. You need to work in different ways to get it. So that's why we added them just to kind of foster better gameplay because we're always thinking about what are contestants going to do? How are they going to use these rules and what are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was really an addition. I do. I do also love that they're stuck to tap lights. I, I didn't yes. notice that immediately. <laughs> green, <laughs> I noticed green, it later green on. Little tap lights. Yeah, there was kind of yeah. last minute because, like, we got like because the extra pass didn't come into play till later. Uh, but when we were close, and then we were like, "Oh, we need to like," and then they, you know, I saw them and they're like, "Well, these don't pop on the set at all." And then it was like, yeah. you know, it was really last minute. It was like we need to, we need to get something. And then we got our like. <laughs> tap lights and then we made them green or whatever it was but i do think it I, I do think it was a nice addition that wasn't overly complicated and as you guys noticed like you know we don't the it's really hard to make a netflix show um that's not arcs because the episodes can be put in any order and right. and we give them an order like when we finally finish they we kind of say this is the order we made them in and so the rules kind of are doled out in episode one and then episode two, we're not doing the rules. And then Netflix will sometimes just be like, nah, we just decided to change the order <laughs> like you yeah. know, a week before it comes out. So you'll be like, well, now the rules aren't explained until season, episode two or like in the first batch of episodes, like the second to last episode was actually supposed to be the last episode, but then at the last minute they moved. It. So that one says, Hey, there'll uh, be more episodes that coming explains soon. It. Right. Uh-huh. But then the, exactly. But then the last episode is like another episode coming right now. And it's like, no, it's not. 
Yeah, so like you know, but yeah. we do try to keep it as minimal as possible. You want it to feel like the floor is lava, get across the room, and then right. and then every so often be like, Oh, yeah, they have to grab that exit pass, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, no, it's it, it worked out. I mean, you know, yeah. people followed, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but it's just like keep it simple and, and go from there. Yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah, man, that bugs me that they rearranged it on you. I mean, I, it, people do it to networks, do it to TV shows oh, all they did. the time. It's, it's always the, what was the show? A Firefly? Like they, Firefly yeah. that yeah, basically yeah. got tanked because of it. Yeah. There's yeah, so much exactly. stuff like that out there. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is you, uh, you have the same impact on the world as Firefly. And, sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. They're both yeah. fire related. Interesting. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, one thing that was also different that we haven't touched on, but also is not important was the outfits that people were wearing. It seemed Mm. like we're a little bit more intentional than just Mm -hmm. something that folks bought from, brought from home. Like they were themed and they each had like a distinct color on them that I found very helpful. So whoever made that choice, thank you very much. (laughs) Um, uh, what was... Uh, what what was the decision behind changing that up a little bit? Well, I mean, the, you know, we we want these people to pop in the way we kind of cast them as, you know, the bakers mm-hmm. and the mermaids and the, you know, and the cruise ship guys, for example. I love that episode because <laughs> they're all so distinct. And um, yeah. and they're easy little costumes, like wear lays or like – and basically the way we did it this season was – um, you know, Netflix was like, hey, let's just try to make the characters pop a little more. So we get to know them a little more. Um, mm-hmm. we, that's why they're going to be on the balcony, et cetera. And so, you know, with contestants, we're kind of like, pitch us what you think you should wear. And we had a mm-hmm. great wardrobe person who would also help them, you know, choose like for the mermaids, these shimmery kind of leggings that had kind of like, oh, you, yeah. know, the, the, you know, those yeah. type of things, you know. And um, and she was in, you know, so so that was an intentional thing. And then like those guys pitched us, Hey, we're, you know, with a dad, bad dad attitude, whatever it was like, we're just going to wait, we're little baby Bjorns. And I'm like, great. You guys want to wear little baby <laughs> Bjorn thingies? Like, you know, go ahead. That, that sounds fine. So, so it was just asking them and they would come and pitch us stuff or they'd bring stuff like the girls brought the butter, whatever her name was, yes. <laughs> you know, Belinda Butters, Belinda Butters. Favorite mascot. Belinda Butters. but like, you know, so it was just like, and the, you know, so that it was this whole thing where we asked them and we tried to push as much as we could while still keeping them safe. You know, you want to make sure the clothes are comfortable, flexible, right. uh, et cetera. Um, I think you guys brought it up, but we like in other podcasts, but we do, uh, we do limit what they can wear in shoes, right? Like they can, they can kind of uh, wear what they want, but like, you're not wearing climbing traction shoes. Like when we're going to yeah, sure. not make sure you don't have like extra cleaty something or other, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So I guess you foiled what was going to be my <laughs> strategy if we ever got on the show, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. I did look up one of the one of the shoe brands. I got I got a little too deep in my research um, at one point, and, and and paused the show and thought, you know what, I got to find these exact shoes, and I did. Um, and and I I they were like a a type of climb. It was a company that makes climbing shoes, but they weren't mm. like climbing specific shoes. They were like um, 
sort of crossover shoes for for climbing, but also running like on trails. So they didn't have like cleats, but they had a little bit of extra grip and a little bit of extra flexibility. And that seems to maybe be the sweet spot. (laughs) Like they're not breaking the rules, but they're a little bit better than, um, you know, like certainly dance shoes are not a good. Yes. No, I mean, the the dance, that dancing team, they wore crazy shoes and you're like, you guys are insane. You're not going to make this at all. But, but, you know, I mean, to each their own. Yeah. I mean, they they suffered for it for sure. So. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. they did um, win, I yeah. guess. So they did, but they they didn't win gracefully. Uh, no. At least not in the room. <laughs> so I wish you could see all the wardrobe we had uh, planned for Rutledge because uh, you know our stylist, uh, Laura Mazza, she was, she's the wardrobe girl I was talking about. She like we had ideas for Rutledge that were because oh, you you guys noticed the garage one right with the rag yeah. and like his name is Stitcher. I wanted like silly costumes for everything, <laughs> and we yeah. had and we had like a vision board. It was like silly costume, normal costume, normal wardrobe, and like without fail, Netflix was like normal, 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 and they let us get away with the garage one to have um her be a little more irreverent you know but like you know we had all sorts of plans for ridiculous ideas for Rutledge oh I wish we could have seen this we we (laughs) enjoyed we enjoyed the one that we did see but you know I mean obviously there are all kinds of things that you that you plan for that that don't work out I think exactly that certainly was our, our joke and in, in game production is always like, well, we'll put it in the patch and not everything goes in the patch either. So <laughs> things don't always happen. Yeah. No, I mean, to be fair, Netflix is a great partner because they do let us kind of do what we want for a lot of it. But sometimes they have to rein you in and that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's like it's probably for the best, especially when it comes yeah. to me to be reined in just a hair. <laughs> yeah. Or there'd be I skeletons mean... popping up and then who knows? <laughs> who knows well, and then we would have a very different but very exciting show. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, skeletons in the floor, which is lava, is a is a little bit too cumbersome of a title. Then again, exactly. our show is called All's Fair in Lava and Floor, so it's not like that many uh, <laughs> more, fewer symbol- syllables. Although I did, this is such a tangent, but I'm going to do it. I did take the time to like type it out as an initialism, and it's Afalaf, and now I love it. <laughs> That's not bad. Um, it's pretty great, actually, to have our show name be Afalaf. Yeah, it sounds like, it, sounds like an, it, it could be an insurance company too, but you know, <laughs> right? Well, it's, maybe it's, if uh, maybe if we need to shift shift gears someday, we can sort of just switch over to an insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> we'll insure sure. only people who fall into fake lava. Nothing exactly. else. This is the only. Exactly. So anyway, yeah. we have a business proposition for you, Anthony. Uh, <laughs> I was going to I was going to say speaking of an insurance company there was uh, some other hypotheticals in your part had to do with um you know the the injury factor like people not being mm-hmm. yeah. there cuz right uh not the case uh, you know thankfully you know uh injuries are fairly mitigated like you know people get bruises and things like that but there were no major mm-hmm. injuries whatsoever what did happen is we were shooting this in the height of covid and um oh, and and uh-huh. imagine if you will uh, because they shoot a show, let's say they we shot it three weeks before the volcano or four weeks before the right. volcano. Then, before everyone comes back, they had to test for COVID, and some people did not pass. <laughs> so, oh, no. Yeah, oh, dear. so that was why there was, um, you'll see a couple episodes where there were just two people on the lava, yeah. like on the volcano. It was just our compromise of being like, well, we have to shoot this day. 
And, yeah. you know, that person has COVID, sadly. So, you know, or tested wow. positive. So, yeah, yeah, it's the it's the problem of shooting in, in the COVID. We lost teams all the time. We had to have extra backup teams. Like, we had yeah. a team of drag queens that were going to run the show and, and like, full, full <gasps> oh, drag. Man. It was going to be Oh, awesome. that would have been so fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but they, they, like, one of them or two of them had COVID. And so that, and we wow. couldn't reschedule them and stuff, so. Um, thankfully everyone yeah. was fine. It was just, you know, everyone, to be on our show, you had to be vaccinated and stuff like that too. But like, sadly, yep. you know, you just lose people because of it. Yeah. yeah. That's no, too bad. That's that would have been, that would have been fun. Oh, it yeah. would have been. Their outfits were that amazing. It's so cool. <laughs> just like, yeah, full dude. Full on drag, uh, just like going across. It was going to be special, but what can yeah, you do? that would have been so fun. Well, <laughs> maybe next season. Season yeah. four slash five slash whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I want to ask, and I am prepared to cut this out. Uh, yes. What What was the deal with the season two three split? Was it just a a Netflix, you know, asking for uh it to get stretched out? They, did yeah. you guys need more time? Or no, it was always their plan. They they wanted us to shoot uh ten episodes, and they were like, "We're going to split this into two seasons." So basically. Okay. Um, basically, uh, and they've been doing that a lot. You'll see it. You'll you see it a lot on like their nailed it and all that. They'll be like, "This is season mm-hmm. two. Now it's a queer eye constantly. It's like season one, season two. It's the same. It's the sure. same sh- production schedule. They just split it. Um, okay. Reasoning why I'm not. You know, it has to do. Some of it has to do with like watching completion rate and watching all episodes and efficiency mm-hmm. and certain Netflix gobbledygook that they love to. Uh, that the algorithm makes them <laughs> forces them to fall. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that that that's why it's not nothing too exciting. It's just it's just the way they kind of function. Yeah, I figured it wasn't exciting, but I wanted to ask just in case there was some yeah. cool secret reason, like there was an ARG in the episodes that you could uh, <laughs> you could play if you figured it out. And I'm just a completionist in that way, and so no, I, I, I had totally to get ask. It. Please, <laughs> I'm happy to tell you. I will say, uh, maybe as a tie-in to our uh, alternate uh, like episode ending question, mm-hmm. um, normally we ask people who they would like to be on the show with, um, and you've been on the show before, so we've asked you that before. Um, so we wanted to ask you what you what what room you would most like to do, mm. but I'm also curious. Uh, what room you think is the most challenging or what yeah. room do you think maybe was designed to be the most challenging? Because yeah. uh, I think in every over the course of season two, three of our episodes, I think mm-hmm. we might have said that every room was the most difficult room. Yeah, yeah. So. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> they, they all have unique. Well, you know, it, it kind of depends, too. Right. It could, kind of depends what track you're taking in the rooms, because like that record player in the garage was wildly difficult to get you know, mm-hmm. to yeah. jump from but then again like um it, no not the garage that was the haunted attic but then like the garage had right. that jump to the wagon from the wheel to that mm-hmm. wagon and yeah. everyone screwed that up because they thought those walls were going to stay up and then they didn't and then yeah. <laughs> everyone just went into that thing so um i my favorite room this season i think was the game room i really loved like the tari stick and the foosball and the mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know moving back and forth, which is a difficult room. Um, you know the dartboard is really cool. Like doing that was yeah. really fun. Trying that out. Um, so I, that's the room I would like to do. Um, I love the haunted attic because I you guys if you notice in the haunted attic there's like 
portraits of all the different crew members like yeah. I'm in there and a couple other <laughs> producers and challenge people and stuff like that are on the walls. So that's, yeah. that, 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 that's, that, that was room. cool. Yeah. That was fun to like, just kind of, it's fun to sneak things in like that. And like, you know, like um, if you look in the garage, the posters like Frankie and the unicorns and my daughter's named Frankie and likes unicorns. And the birthday oh. was the, you know, Netflix's anniversary and the license plate oh, was cool. the birthday. Yeah, and the license plate of the car is like the birthday of one of our art directors. Like, it's all these things we just sneak in because, you know, we might as well have fun and be creative at the same time and, and yeah, be professional. Yeah, that's really yeah. neat. I love Easter eggs like that. That's so fun. Yeah. We think about everything, surprisingly. You'd be surprised to find out. <laughs> I just wanted to ask as like a follow-up question really quickly. Um which because we've had a lot of discussion i think with each other and with guests about which obstacle is the most diabolical do you have a like Mm -hmm. number one thing that you think is the most evil or like maybe did it go a little too far and you're kind of like huh (laughs) i mean that that ball in the that that beach ball in the Uh that kid's room Mm -hmm. at the end there was just horrible like it just yeah. <laughs> killed it killed everybody and it was wildly it was just horrible and um and so i was surprised by how that difficult that was and the one and the big thing to me was that uh in the garage that wheel to wagon jump was yeah. just mm-hmm. so difficult and like if you remember the um the bad dataitude guy like he whacked his face into that thing so hard it was like yeah dude. everything but it was like when you when you know usually people hit things you're like okay you know you can tell everyone's fine whatever but when he hit that i was like oh my god <laughs> like, and, and oh, no. told, he was totally fine he like popped out he was fine but you're just like man like, like there are just times because you can't tell people are gonna fall exactly like we try to practice we make things as safe as possible but you know so that one, that wheel to jump or any of those jumps off that rotating record player or when it was a wheel, it's so it was fun to watch because you were like, oh, God, mm-hmm. they are going to die. <laughs> anyway, bye. See you later. Exactly. See you later. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that uh, that wraps us up pretty well. Um, you know, if there's uh, anything else you want us to plug or or where we should tell people to find you, especially as we. Uh, watch in real time the the doom of Twitter. Uh, you know, I guess I, I guess I, here I, now. I, I guess I am on Twitter. I'm at I'm at Gang of Wolves Two at Twitter. That's my that's my Twitter. And I'm at Gang of Wolves. Again, my company is Gang of Wolves. Uh, so Got at it. Gang of Wolves Two. Um, if you ever watch the credits at the end of Netflix, they have a little logo, but no one ever sees it because no one watches credits in Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, watch well. them until it's exclusively a bunch of foreign language. Yeah, uh, then when it gets, yeah, yeah. You can't even read. Yeah, exactly. Um, Disney Plus does yeah. the worst. It's like ten minutes of that. It's like okay, yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, right. I'm around. Write to me on the internet as long as it's yes. as long as it Twitter lasts, I guess. Yeah, we'll see how long that goes. And if not, mm-hmm. we know where your IMDb page is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or LinkedIn. I think I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, if you guys <laughs> want to be LinkedIn friends, uh, Anthony. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. Great. Uh, well, thank you to Dr. Popular for the use of his song Lava as the intro and outro of our program. You can find more of his music on Bandcamp, and we've linked that in the episode description.
And I guess as the uh, this is our, our last our last episode for the moment, we hope mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of want to pull a Rutledge and say, like, <laughs> coming up next, more, See more. next week, <laughs> we'll just cut it off <laughs> and not address it at all. But um, exactly. But, you know, every now and then uh, the the garage wheel of time and life just sort of flings you off into the lava no matter what you do. And it's important when in those moments that you remember that all's fair in lava and war. <laughs> <laughs>